0: Hi everyone this is another daily objective hi from me Nikos, and hi from gloria who looks like she's in a very beautiful place i would say i'm jealous but actually i'm not because i'm in greece which is beautiful as well yeah. and today we have our first freedom friday show so this is going to be something that we do every friday and it will be not slightly different from our everyday Content. So every Friday we will deal with a a different aspect of the freedom movement and we will deal with people or political parties or ideologies that claim to be in the freedom movement and we will evaluate how they're doing, if they're holding up to what they are supposed to do. And before we start, I want to make a general comment that whenever I talk about right and left, I'm not talking so much anymore about ideologies because it's very difficult to distinguish what does the right and what does the left stand for. and we see them quite often changing their ideas on issues. so for example, we see the right being more and more hostile to things such as freedom of movement, uh, freedom of uh, some, what would, and also some aspects of freedom of speech, for example, we see Prominent conservative activists in the United States saying if you burn the flag, then you should be expelled from the country or something like that. So the way I see it, when I talk about right and left, I mostly talk about groups of people and what I would call tribes. So groups of people who are held together with party loyalty or or uh, tribal loyalty. But what brings them together is not so much. The ideology. What brings them together is mostly their opposition to the other group and their opposition to the other, so to speak, to the other tribe. And today our first the, the first movement that we're gonna put under consideration is conservatism. And the reason is obvious. We are told that conservatism is what is the opposite pole from the left. Conservatism is what will defend the legacy of Western civilization, or of uh, reason, or of freedom, or of capitalism. However, I've never considered myself a conservative, or I've never voted for a conservative party, as far as I can remember. Gloria, do you consider yourself a conservative?
1: Not at all, Nikos, not at all. I actually wrote a book called How to Talk to a Conservative to make the stance that I'm not only defending economic freedom, uh, but I'm also defending all the individual liberties, which is something that uh, conservatives, especially in where I come from in Latin America, don't defend. Always the right wing uh, has has had this conservative um, moral standard where yes, there is a lot of Christianity, but at the same time we are more—we are one of the regions with more violence, with more um, violations to women's rights, with more discrimination towards people who have different skin color or uh, who are gay. That's Latin America. So I've always think, I, I've always thought that. Defending economic freedom is not going to be enough if you want people to actually embrace liberty as a way of living. But I didn't start like that. At first, of course, when, when I got famous uh, denouncing populism and socialism of the 21st century in Latin America, a lot of groups from the right wing wanted to uh, grab me as a, as a model for themselves. And, and they are also responsible for the most corrupted privatizations in the 90s in Latin America, where there was a lot of cronism, what Ayn Rand calls the moochers and the looters, you know. So not even in practice, the right-wing conservatism in Latin America has been faithful towards economic liberty, let alone uh, to individual liberties. Most of the reasons why drugs keep being illegal, why gay marriage is still illegal, abortion, are not based on scientific data in Latin America, but are, uh, are, are reasons coming from religious ideas that, of course, are, are still held by the conservative uh, parts of, of the country. Now, that being said, I think that Anne Rand did an excellent job, and, and of course, I, I quote her in my, in my book constantly, especially in her essay, Conservatism, an Obituary, inside of Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal, where she talks about how conservatives are so dangerous, especially because they are pushing the idea that the United States was founded on Christian and religious principles, and that the fact that all men are created equal and they have the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness doesn't come from rationality, doesn't come from morals or logic uh, of, of, of humanity, but it comes from some divine power. The fact that conservatives have pushed this idea has made it so easy for Democrats or for liberals to trash that and say, okay, if, if, if individualism is a, is a thing of dogma and we are not religious, then we can uh, get rid of it and put some collectivism on. So she, and also Frederick Hayek, where he wrote, why I'm not a conservative, they were very keen in expressing that libertarians, objectivists, anarcho-capitalists, and other freedom fighters, The problem is that when they ally with conservatives, always the the proposals that go for individual liberty and even economic freedom get get abandoned and get lost. And then conservatives just keep on pushing on on their crony agenda and on their um, fake dogmatism, morality uh, that unfortunately with young people it's not attractive. So the reason why I wrote my book on conservatism is because also in Latin America, where Marxism has been an absolute failure in any economic sense that you can measure, now the left puts, puts uh, the dress of being environmentalist, of being gay friendly, of being feminist, of being in favor of legalizing drugs, of course, for the state to own it, not, not to be in the free market, and young people are more attracted to the left because they are having these flags than they go to the right wing. So if we, as libertarians, objectivists or freedom fighters in general, keep insisting on doing um, you know, alliances with the conservatives, we're going to lose. We're going to lose the cultural battle and we're going to lose the, the, the political battle.
0: And that's the thing that you mentioned something important about the cultural battle. So conservatives actually say, and that's true, that the field they're mostly active is the culture wars. And there's a very specific reason for that. It's the only field that they can feel confident to contribute something. Because if you take it to the field of philosophy and the field of ideas, suddenly they haven't got much to contribute. And you made a very important point. I think it's the same that the only ground they can defend freedom is Well, our rights come from gods or the issue of tradition, because it's like we have a nuclear weapon in our arsenal. And this is the philosophy of of reason and the philosophy of understanding human nature and individual rights. And instead of going to war with this nuclear weapon, they go to war with this uh, water pistol, which is very easily dismantled from the other side. So basically what they're doing is they're saying, we're going to give you science. We're going to give you reality. We're going to give you reason. But we're gonna keep tradition, we're gonna keep religion, we're gonna keep all that. And the other thing with conservatives, which really I, I, I struggle to understand is what do they try to conserve? Yeah. And I see, for example, in this country, the Conservative Party, I, I'm sorry, in this country, I mean the UK where I'm normally placed. And the Conservative Party in the UK doesn't even want to conserve itself. So some years ago, they've changed their logo And they they went through a PR campaign to say we're not anymore the nasty party, the party of Margaret Thatcher. Now we're this new kind of more technocrat, more green party. And dear conservatives, I'm really sorry, but we need to have a talk. You've been in power for the last 10 years without any break. And as long as I've been on this earth, you've been on power for 24 years in the UK and you have made possible things like banning non-electric cars by the year 2035. Not even the radical left would go for that. You have the police knocking on people's door because they wrote something on Twitter, which is bad. You, have, you are trying very hard. And I think you've managed to ban plastic straws. You are putting more categories into what is called hate crime without actually defining it. So this is your legacy, dear conservatives. And today there was a very nice moment, nice in a horrible way. So I don't know, Gloria, if you've seen these protests in London, whether they have attacked, among other things, the statue of Winston Churchill. So what they did today is they basically they covered the they covered the statue and a conservative prime, a conservative minister, uh, Sajid Javid, a, a part of the cabinet of Boris Johnson, his tweet was, oh, that's so depressing. I thought, seriously? Seriously, that's, that's your leadership here? That's your commentary here? So depressing. But anyway, in some ways, conservatives are, their hearts, specifically their people, is on the right place. I mean, at least nominally, they are for free speech. They are against the, what the left has become. So in your book, I think the title is How to Talk to Conservatives. Yeah. So how do we talk to conservatives? How do, they, how do we bring them closer to our ideas?
1: Well, first of all, I start with the point that you mentioned. You want to conserve, but what the hell do you want to conserve? Conserve what? Because if we're going to talk about conserving the family, let's conserve all the families that have existed throughout history. If you read, for example, Sapiens by Yuval Harari, you're going to notice that families started tribal, where a lot of women would take care of all the kids in the tribe, regardless of who the father was. We have families throughout the centuries of humanity composed by single moms, single dads, widow women, uh, grandmothers taking care of grandchildren, uh, aunts taking care of their nephews. So it has never been this uh, squared family, picture perfect of the 1950s mommy, daddy, and kids. Families, if we wanna conserve them, we should conserve them as all of its presentations that they exist? And why not a family composed of man, man and kids or woman, woman and kids? Where is the scientific study that says that if your parents have the same genitals, you're going to be raised worse than if your parents have different genitals? There's no there's no study to to prove that. What has been studied is that kids need love and discipline, both. that healthy equilibrium. And parents that give them emotional intelligence, that give them, of course, the basic necessities because kids don't come, as people think in Latin America, with the bread under their arm, you know? Uh, People in Latin America uh, procreate because they think that the more children they have, the more wealth they're going to have. No, it doesn't work that way. Babies come naked to this world and they need their parents, regardless of their genitals, to take care of them. So if we want to conserve freedom, if if conservatives are for conserving freedom, let's conserve all the freedoms, not only the freedoms that are not uh, threatening to their dogmas and beliefs. For example, if we want to conserve free markets, let's conserve free markets even of the things that you wouldn't buy as a conservative that you wouldn't even consume like the market of drugs the market of prostitution the market of abortion the market of selling your kidneys if you want to as long as it's your will and no one is interfering with that i'm not talking about uh slavery I'm not talking about making women prostitutes where they don't wanna be prostitutes. I'm talking about legalizing the markets where adults freely and willingly want to engage, even if it goes against Christianity, Muslim beliefs or whatever dogmatic beliefs. So I start with that. And, and the other thing that I say is, listen guys, before Karl Marx could even you know talk and walk, conservatives and classical liberals we were already enemies. Way before communism, way before socialism, when the world started having the scientific revolution, the illustration, the industrial revolution, the movements of uh, slavery, emancipation, and women's rights, classical liberals look at those movements and said, oh my God, this is good. We're moving somewhere to this world. And conservatives didn't want it. Conservatives wanted the establishment of a king, of the church, of the feudal system where the oligarchs and the wealthy ones could loot from the people working and no social mobility was possible in that old system. So let's remember that we have never been the same thing. Of course, when socialism arrived and some of the right-wing conservatives saw that as a threat and of course, classical liberals saw it as a threat, we joined forces and fought for, uh, against that. But let's remember, now that you also mentioned the Conservative Party of the UK, and I have a special section in my book about Margaret Thatcher. We already talked about this because she uh, voted to decriminalize homosexuality and also to decriminalize or, or, or make legal uh, abortion. There's no conservative right now that would talk about those things, but at the same time, you see conservatives conserving or um, prostituting themselves, I would call, in order to gain some uh, popularity with some of the worst left-wing regulations and ideas, such as banning straws or going against uh, freedom of speech. And may I remind that Margaret Thatcher said, my worst enemies And I quote her on that and she she mentioned it a lot. My worst enemies were not the socialists. I already knew that the socialists were my enemies. My worst enemies in order to do the things that needed to be done in order to advance in the agenda of economic freedom and individual liberties in the UK were the same conservatives because they didn't want me to go further. You know, like the the famous uh, quote of the lady is not for turning, It didn't only come because the socialists were like, you are going too far, it's because also the conservatives told her, we are going to lose popularity. And she said, I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to do the right thing. And if you're not gonna let me, then I quit. That mentality of at least advancing on economic freedoms is something that conservatives today, let it be the Republicans with Trump or the conservatives in the UK or the right-wing parties in all of Europe and Latin America, they, they, are, they don't have the balls to do that. So why w- should we bother as uh, genuine freedom fighters, the objective is even more than the libertarian sometimes, why should we bother into making alliances with a group of people that always use us to win political elections and win the cultural battle, but once in power, they betray us?
0: Not only they betray us, but they don't even bother with a battle of ideas. So if you have been as a party in power for years, and now we're reaching maybe decades, it's on you that you have lost completely the young people, the universities, that the fact that if you walk these days in the streets of London, if you go to Twitter, you would think that this country has been run by the left, I don't know for how long, that's on the conservatives. But I will end with a a more positive note, and you tell me if you, if you agree. I think there is one glimpse of hope. Recently, conservatives have rediscovered in a way the idea of individualism through the ideas of discipline and taking care of oneself and taking oneself seriously. I'm talking about people like Joe Rogan, people like Jordan Peterson. Again, okay. we have a lot of criticism to these people, but there's one very good thing. People like Joko Wheeling, who talks about discipline. These people made f- cool, Again, the idea that you yeah. start with yourself. If you want to change the world, you need to you start, start with yourself. Exactly. So maybe the fact that most of, a big part of their audience is conservatives. And if you want to be a cool conservative, you have to follow these podcasts. And, 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 and this is a glimpse of hope that they will realize that, look, take this principle to its, to its logical conclusion. Why is discipline important? Because law of causality, this is gonna link to this. Why is discipline equals freedom? Because you can't have your cake and eat it too. So give us for the last 30 seconds of the show, give us a a glimpse of hope for the future of taking these conservatives out of the bad, (laughs) bad ideas and to the light of good ideas.
1: I absolutely agree with you. There is a glimpse of hope even within the conservative movement with people such as Peterson and also Ben Shapiro, which whom I don't agree in 100 percent of the things, but I agree with you. They have made it cool to tell people you come first. If you don't build on yourself, you're going to be a parasite to your society. So even if you are for the common good, the best thing you can do for your society is be selfish, work on yourself and have some Self-love and self-interest and be responsible. That I agree. And the other positive thing is that Internet, which I consider the most uh, libertarian or free country in the world, has made it possible for uh, freedom fighting voices to be heard. More than ever before. So at least in Latin America, you have tons of people uh, that are in social media doing the battle of ideas in Argentina, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Mexico, that in the regular, uh, you know, channels of, of decades before would have never been heard. So we have both things. We have healthy competition with good people in the conservative movement, and also uh, a widespread of options for the audience to look at libertarian and objectivist ideas way more than before. So let the better one win. Let's have a healthy free competition of ideas within socialism and conservatism and uh, and true liberty, which which for me is both individual and economic. There's one liberty and it's for the individual and it it comprehends everything. If we have that healthy competition and everyone can compete in equality of terms, then I think that the audience has a chance of really coming to its own uh, criteria.
0: I will say not only we will win in equality of terms, even if it's like one of us versus 1,000, we're still gonna win. Anyway, Gloria, great seeing you. Enjoy the the sea and the sun. Many thanks to the people who have followed us in this first, already first week of episodes. We started last Friday. And we will see you next week with interesting things. Gloria will be back with us at some point. All the best. Enjoy life. Enjoy your weekend. Bye bye.
1: You too. Bye, Nikos. Ciao. Enjoy.
0: Thanks. Bye bye.